My name is Kenny Cannon, running for Smithtown School Board in May of 2022, and welcome to the One Vote Away podcast, where we talk about issues in the Smithtown School District and how I am going to fix them. If you're a parent or community member that wants to share your thoughts, shoot us an email at kennycannonsmithtown at gmail.com, and I'll be glad to have you on the show to talk about whatever is on your mind. You can find out more about me at kennycannonsmithtown.com or on Instagram at instagram.com slash kennycannonsmithtown or on Facebook at facebook.com slash kennycannonsmithtown. I really hope to gain your support. Now let's get right to it. Alright guys, welcome back to the One Vote Away podcast. It's Kenny Cannon here, and in this episode we're going to be doing another board meeting breakdown for November 23rd, 2021. We're going to be calling this one, (laughs) this is kind of funny. We're going to be calling this one the Instagram feed board meeting because basically what they did for the first hour is just take everything that I posted on Instagram and and talk about it. That's kind of what they did, um, and it's interesting. <laughs> we'll go. Through. I was like, I was driving back from, I was in doing something in Hicksville. I was driving back from Hicksville. I was watching it on my way back, and I was like, they were literally like taking post by post and like discussing it at the board. This is insane, and you know, like, look, I go about things a little bit differently. I think we can all agree on that. Um, I'm not the traditional, like, you know, I don't go up and do my three-minute speech. I'm going to start doing that after the New New Year's is up, but in January. Uh, But I do things a little bit differently. But I obviously get their attention. I obviously get things done. I've been telling you guys I'm going to get stuff done. When I tell you I'm going to do something, I'm going to do it, and I am going to beat the crap out of it until it gets done. I've been at this for four weeks. And this whole board meeting was taken up by things that I posted about on Instagram. Did other people have something to do with it? Yeah, probably. They probably shared it with them or whatever. But the bottom line is, there was never a talk about mass vaccination sites in any of these board meetings. It was brought up, argued, and taken away tonight or last night. So there's a lot of things here, and and it's kind of interesting. So we're really going to focus on the first hour because the public participation in this meeting, there really wasn't that much. There was only, I think there's only three speakers. So... We're not really going to focus on that. We're going to focus on the first hour, and then um, that's pretty much it. And I'll give you my commentary on on what I think and how I would vote on certain positions and everything else and what questions I would ask. And um, if you have any questions for me, just let me know. But let's get started at 13.30 of the meeting. So we'll start off with this, the YouTube switch, going from Facebook to YouTube. Now, I don't know this for a fact, so I'm just going to kind of go off of, I guess this is an opinion, or like I'm kind of guessing, right? On a Facebook live stream, I am not sure if you can take comments off. And the only reason why I'm not sure about that is because I've never done it. Okay, so maybe we can do a little research on that. I'm not sure. I've never done hundreds of live streams, but I've never actually done one with the comments off because to me, that's the whole point of doing it. It's social media, right? The whole point of doing a live stream on Facebook is to get the interaction, the feedback, the engagement. I think the reason why they switched from Facebook to YouTube is because if you watch the board meeting on YouTube, and I'll put a link somewhere in this description or whatever, um, you'll see that the comments are off and the live chat is off. So nobody can comment during the meeting or after it's over. So it's on YouTube right now and there's no comments allowed. That's a problem for me. If you're going to put it on YouTube, I have no problem with that. But you have to let the community comment on the video. The comments have to be open. All right. Now you can quote unquote censor the comments if you want to. And I'll let me explain before everybody freaks out. 
If somebody's saying the F word every five seconds, and we're going to get to the F word in a second here, but if someone's saying the F word every five seconds in a comment, you should delete that comment. If you don't want, because I don't like bad language on my Instagram page, my Facebook page, I don't like bad language on my stuff. So I delete those comments. If you want to say your thing respectively and respectfully and not use foul language, I'll leave it up. I don't care what you say. It doesn't matter. I'll always leave it up. But once you start cursing at me or cursing in general, I'm taking it down. So I think that they should do that, right? But I think it should be open an open forum for the community to comment as long as they don't use foul language. They could say whatever they want. They could disagree, agree, whatever. They can, whatever it is, as long as they don't use foul language, it should stay up. They use YouTube, shut off all the comments, shut off all the live uh, chat replay. and you know, that to me is just a, a lack of transparency. All right. So after that, 1330 in the meeting, um, they start talking about the same topic, which is the F word. Michael Sadens saying effing ridiculous, referring to parents, whether Gridman will admit it or not, referring to parents saying effing ridiculous on his microphone. He thought it was on mute, I guess. And it wasn't. Um, and Maybe again, like the Instagram stuff, maybe this is just another coincidence. I don't know. There's a lot of them in this meeting. Um, he's not present tonight, which is kind of strange. Maybe he really does have an illness or in his family or whatever. And if he does, I, I hope and pray that his family is fine. But again, it's just a, a very weird coincidence that he's not there. Now, he's he's missed meetings in the past, but it is rare. You know, everybody has problems. Everybody has things that come up. I get that. But to have it happen, the meeting after you said effing ridiculous directed at parents that were speaking on the microphone, that to me is a little strange. You can make up your own mind on that. Okay, so at starting at about 1450, we have the um, discussion about the names again. I think this is just getting way too much play. Um, I don't really understand why we continue to talk about this. It's really not that big of a deal. I think the board needs to just decide on which way they're going to go and go with it, and that's pretty much it. I think that the sad thing about this discussion is that both sides have a valid point, right? Savaretti's side, which is people are getting harassed and everything else, that's a very valid point, and I agree with them. That shouldn't happen. That should never happen. Gribben has a valid point where it's a public meeting. You should be yourself, and I agree with that too. I think the bigger issue here is how do we bring civility back to the community? How can we go up and say, I'm Kenny Cannon, here's what I believe, without being in fear of somebody else, you know, doing something like harassing, like whatever, like that's, that to me is the bigger battle. And I think that's what should be discussed. So now fast forwarding to, um, about 20 minutes and 25 seconds or so, 20 minutes and 30 seconds. Um, they start talking about individual emails for each board member. And the argument there is, um, you know, what if somebody in the community feels comfortable only talking to one board member? Cause right now, uh, it's a, basically what's called a catch-all email. So it's BOE is, is the email, and that's pretty much it. And you, when you write that email, you write all of them. And everyone sees it and, and, and all that. The argument on Gribben's side is we want all the board members to be on the same page. If somebody has a, a problem in the community, we want everyone to know what the problem is. The argument on the other side is, well, what if somebody only feels comfortable talking to one of us? So we should all have individual emails. Again, this is a tough one because I I can see both sides of it, right? I can see someone only being comfortable talking to one person and wanting to share that, you know, that individually. I can also see the other side of it where if somebody has a problem in the community, the whole board should know what that problem is so the board can address it and hopefully fix that problem. My main question here, and nobody brought it up, and I was shocked that nobody brought it up, but 
my main question here is if you go to individual emails, which I would not have a problem with, but if you go to individual emails, are those emails foilable? Because if they're not, I'm definitely a no vote. If they are, then I will seriously consider voting in the affirmative for that. And by the way, before we move on to the next section, this actually passed. So the individual emails will be uh, passed 4-2. There was only six board members there. Satan's wasn't there. So it passed 4-2. And um, the individual emails will be put up. Okay, so next we have about 28 minutes in. We talk about local control, um, which is a conversation that we have been talking about in the board. You know, at, at the board, the board members have been talking about this forever, it seems like, since the pandemic came down. Um, Look, I don't beat around the bush. You guys should know this by now. Like, I just tell it like it is. Writing letters to your governor is not doing anything. It never has done anything. It never will do anything. Writing letters to your local council member, not doing anything. Writing letters to your senator, never going to do it. You're not, look, you're not changing Chuck Schumer's view on gun control by writing a letter. You're not changing the governor's view on the vaccine by writing a letter. You're just not going to do that. We have to actually take action in order for real change to get done. Next, we skip ahead to 3055. And um, we have, I believe, again, it is Stacy. That is very hard to see from the way the new camera angle is who's actually speaking. But I believe it's Stacy that's saying, uh, talking about the mass vaccination sites um, that I brought up on my on my Instagram account that got a lot of feedback and a lot of buzz. And um, what's amazing about this is that, look, they didn't vote for it, right? And I never said that they did, but they did not vote for it. They brought it up. And the most amazing thing is that it's now going to go away because they said in this meeting that they have a 30-day out clause and they're going to basically do that. So that's pretty amazing. You know, there's other people that I don't know if they're candidates in this race or not. I don't know what the hell they're doing, but there's other people that when I posted that, they tried to justify it by saying things like, oh, well, you know, it's it's an empty building and oh, there's no students in the building. Still voted for it, though. And it's still a POD. And according to the CDC, that is a mass vaccination site. You cannot get around that. It is what it is. So if you're in favor of that, well, that's a problem. That is a big problem. And if you're trying to justify it, that's even that's equally as bad. So thankfully, Stacy did not try to justify it. She actually took action, and I have a lot of respect for her for doing this. She took action, she brought it up, and she got it taken off, basically, because they said in 30 days we have a 30-day out clause and we're gonna we're gonna basically take it down. So thankfully, because of Stacy and her action, we are not gonna have uh, mass vaccination sites in the Smithtown School District any longer. As long as, as long as what is said in this meeting actually is true and happens. We'll wait and see if that happens because we're lied to every single day. But we'll see what happens. But as of right now, based on their conversation, it looks like the 30-day out clause is going to come into effect. And then hopefully within 30 days or 40 days, because they might not do it right away. But in 30 or 40 days, we will not have mass vaccination sites in the town of Smithtown or in the school district uh, any longer, which is a massive, massive improvement if you are on the side of not vaccinating the children, if you are on the side of parental choice, vaccine freedom, and all that kind of stuff, you know, this is a huge, huge, huge win. And, you know, I'm not sitting here taking credit for it, but it started with my Instagram post because no one was talking about it. I brought it up, got a lot of buzz, community was talking about it, 
played it on the podcast. I think I mentioned it in the last podcast or whatever. And all of a sudden, the board members are, are, are listening to it, and they're, and they're doing something, which is fantastic. You know, I don't need to take credit for it. Stacy is the one that did it. She's the one that's up there, and she got it done, which is awesome. And I made a video on my Instagram account thanking all three of them um, for their support on that issue, which is awesome. So uh, that's pretty much it for that, and let's proceed forward. All right, so then we skip forward to uh, 3835 or thereabout, and we start talking about a sensitive topic that I'm not going to go into full detail here on this podcast because I have a letter out to the board trying to clarify this. Um, I have been saying over and over and over again that all seven of the board members voted in favor of CRT, DEI, and SEL training for our teachers in the district. Uh, that is the truth. There is no question about that. It is in the minutes of the meeting. You can look it up yourself. Um, and in this discussion back and forth, you will hear, again, I believe it's Stacy, but it's very hard to tell based on the voice. I, I'm pretty sure it's her. But it, it's hard to tell who's speaking and, and who's not from the camera angle. But uh, Stacy, I believe, and Mr. Tobin are going back and forth about whether the conferences, and she used specifically the word conferences, whether the, the conferences are in the consent agenda. And basically, Mr. Tobin says, no, they're not. Now, are they straw manning? It seems that way. Or are they not telling the truth? I don't know. But the bottom line is, could they be talking about some random conference that the administrators go to in Hawaii once a year that nobody knows about? Yeah, that could be true. But are they making it seem like they're talking about Intro to Cultural Care, which was voted on on January, I'm uh, sorry, July 6th, which clearly by a company called RestorativeJustice.com, you can look it up yourself, um, clearly is a CRT, DEI, SEL program. It's all over the website. The same thing is true with, um, I forget the name of the other one, but it's also in July 6th meeting. And there's there's plenty of, I mean, I, there's in every single meeting and I have, it, I have it copied in a notepad on my computer from every meeting. And they all vote in the affirmative for every one of them. So, I don't know if they're trying to say the word conference and then trying to say, well, we don't talk about conferences because there's one that, go, you know, where administrators go to Albany once a year and have like a party or whatever. And they're trying to make the public think that they mean that the CRT, DEI, SCL stuff, or are they outright lying about it? I don't know. And I don't want to comment on that yet because I have a letter out to them and I'm trying to get them to clarify it so that I don't have to do it for them because I am going to do it for them if they don't do it themselves. But uh, we'll see what they say back on that. Starting off at about 54.38 or so, we have the uh, presentation by Northwell Health, Cohen's Children Medical Center, which is basically a partnership between the school district and Northwell Health to provide mental health um, services to the district. This one here, the only thing I can tell you about this is there is a lot more questioning that needs to happen in order for this to to go through. Um, you know, a lot of it wasn't answered in here. A lot of it seems like, you know, it's just, it, it's kind of all over the place. I watched the whole presentation twice and I still have 20 questions at least that I would like answered before I would vote yes or no for something like this. Um, you know, how are the people that are going to be providing the mental health pro um, services going to be trained? Is there going to be a psychiatrist there? Are you going to be training school district employees? Are you going to be, you know, they talked about parental involvement a lot, but they did say something about school districts referring students to it and stuff like that. So there's a lot of things. I don't want it to, you know, look, we live in a world today where 
somebody can be classified as mentally ill for having a Trump sticker on their car. I don't want this to be that. You know what I mean? And I'm not saying it is. I'm just saying I have questions about it. And before I can give a firm yes or no on whether I would support something like this or not, I would need those questions answered. And I would want to know who the people are that are going to be in charge of it, how it's going to be run, how people are going to be trained, what the referral process looks like, what, how much or how little parental involvement is there. Is there an age cutoff for parental involvement on both sides? So if somebody at six or seven years old comes in and it seems like maybe they're being abused at home or something, the probably a bad idea to call the parent, right? Maybe it is. That's what it seems like to me. Someone at 17 years old comes in and says something. Maybe that, you know, you definitely call the parent on that one or 12 years old, you call the parent. So there's so many different things that need to be discussed about this one. For me, it's, it's an, I don't know, because again, there's just so much unknown here that we really have to dig much, much, much deeper into it to figure out how it's going to be run, who's going to run it, what the parental involvement is going to include, what the teacher involvement is going to include, how people are going to be trained, where it's going to take place. Are they going to be handing out medication? Are they going to be giving prescriptions? Are they going to be referring to other places? And on and on and on. So this is just a big I don't know, and we'll let it play out and see what happens, and we'll figure it out as you know as time goes on. It's not voted on in this meeting, and it's not going to be voted on, I believe, anytime soon. So... Um, you know, that's something that we're just going to have to look forward to and, and see how it plays out. Forward to one hour, 44 minutes, big, big skip here because that presentation was, was pretty long. Um, it was informative though. And, and look, I want to be very clear. I am all for mental health, access to mental health services. I believe that is a major crisis in this country. I could go on and on and on about it. I actually have a nonprofit that deals with one portion of it, not really the mental health side, but I believe the mental health issues in our country largely stem from screen time and screen use and social media and a 12-year-old kid being on Snapchat and feeling like she has to compete with her friends and, you know, having a picture with a filter on it and then not really looking like that and thinking that they're like, there's so many different things. And there's been a lot of studies on this. And I actually have a nonprofit that deals with that and helps parents um, you know, have teach their kids the proper way to use technology and, you know, how to do that. And we've been doing it for quite some time now. So we've helped a lot of families and stuff like that. So I'm all for the access to mental health services. I, I just worry about how it's going to be implemented. That's all. So we skip forward to uh, 144, 44, an hour and 44 minutes in, and the consent agenda items are coming up. Uh, Grib and S if anyone wants to remove them. And again, it's hard to see, but I believe based on the voice, it is uh, Stacy that asks um, for one of them to be removed based on the pay rate of the person. Good move by her. I would have asked for this to be removed too. I would have asked for a couple of consent agenda items to be removed in this meeting. But this definitely would have been one of them. $500 a day for some coronavirus screening or whatever is, is a little pricey, I believe. Um, so yeah, I mean, it is what it is. It ends up passing anyway. Oh, actually, no, I, I excuse me. It ends up failing because there's only six board members there and it was a 3-3 tie and a tie it fails. So uh, if Satan's was there, it would have passed, but it, it didn't. So um, fair enough. Now they have to figure out what they're going to do with that person, how they're going to pay or what it, what that all entails. But uh, good on Stacy for, um, for, for calling that out and getting it knocked down because that was definitely one that I would have called out and hopefully got knocked down as well. So Good on her for that, and uh, we'll proceed forward from there. All right, so now we skip to uh, 157.15. Uh, somebody comes up for a 
public comment about the consent agenda item that was taken out by, uh, again, I believe it was Stacy. Um, and again, I fully support that. I would have taken it out as well. And the person is talking about how they would have spoken up about it if they knew it was a $500 per day um, thing as opposed to, they, they thought it was like a one-time fee. Well, if you look at the consent agenda item, there's a PDF. It's 15K, by the way, in the 11-23-21 meeting, November 23rd, uh, 20, uh, November 23rd, 2021. Uh, it is 15K. There's a PDF attached to it, uh, and it literally says the person's name, and it says interim administrator for COVID reporting-NYA, salary $500, effective 11-3-21, end date 6-30-22. That it it doesn't say it's five hundred dollars per day, but nobody on planet Earth is going to work for five hundred dollars from November to June. Like, what? Who who does that? Like, you might as well just go work it. Like, you could you can make a thousand times more than that at like freaking Wendy's or something. So why would you ever do that? You're an interim administrator. It's I mean, obviously it's a lot more than a one-time fee. So, you know, look, it is what it is. Look, the bottom line is the board members and, you know, we just have to start looking more into this stuff. We can't just raise our hands in the affirmative every single time just because we just feel like it. We have to start doing more research. We have to look into things before we speak on them or before we vote on them or whatever. So this is obvious if you look at 15K in the 11-23-21 meeting, the PDF is attached. It's obviously not a one-time fee. I mean, that's just, you know, it is what it is. And then there was somebody else uh, who made an excellent um, public comment at two minutes and let's see where it is. Two minutes. I'm clicking around the video as I'm doing this. Two minutes and three uh Sorry, two minutes. I keep saying two minutes. Two hours and three minutes. Um, and they're talking about basically unity. Things that I say all the time. Like, we can disagree but be friends. We can disagree but be civil. We can disagree but love our neighbor. What? Like, we have to get back to that. And that's what this woman talks about. Now, I don't know if I disagree with her or agree with her on, on policy issues. I have no idea. She doesn't even really mention that. Um, but I 1,000% agree with her on the fact that we have to be able to disagree on things while also... Um, you know, shaking hands at the end of the game and, and, and just moving forward and being friendly and being cordial and being community members and, and being unified in the fact that we want happy, healthy, safe, educated kids because that's all we want. Everybody wants that. Everybody. We all have different ways to get there, but everybody wants that. And that's what this woman kind of talks about. And it's a fantastic comment. And that's at uh, about two hours and, and three minutes or thereabout. All right, so that is all for this board meeting breakdown for uh, November 23rd, 2021. And thank you so much for watching. Make sure you subscribe to the show. And also follow me on Instagram at Kenny Cannon Smithtown. Kenny Cannon Smithtown. Uh, that's going to be daily updates. I mean, I post on there multiple times a day with things that are going on in the district, things that have to do with CRT, DEI, SEL, vaccine mandates, um, and plenty of other issues as well, budgetary issues. Uh, whatever comes up inside the Smithtown School District, I'm going to be posting it there, um, and I've been doing it for quite some time. So a lot of interesting, um, a lot of interesting stuff on my Instagram as well, and that is KennyCannonSmithtown.com. So subscribe to the show, make sure you share it out to as many people as you possibly can, and also follow me on Instagram at KennyCannonSmithtown.com, and we'll see you in the next episode. Take care.